morning once again, and as you can see, we have been mixing things up a little bit this week, changing things around. We're doing something a little different today as we wrap up this series that we've been in for the last four weeks. The series has been a whole lot of fun for me. Uh, for one thing, we've seen as we've, as we've done this series, we've seen an increase in, in just Holy Spirit activity, especially this week has been incredible. Uh, with, the, with the things that we've seen, starting with the kids uh, uh, last Sunday morning, and then our School of Kingdom ministry, and then the Wednesday night group, and then the Friday night uh, uh, worship night. A lot of stuff going on, but it's, it's been a lot of fun also because throughout this whole series, Susie and I have been working together to uh, develop this, uh, to, ve- to develop these messages. We've been working together. We'd go back in the fireplace room, get our laptops out, and uh, spread our Bibles out all over the, the table and that, and, and putting this together. So I thought it would be fun for us to tag team preach today. So that's what we're going to do. It's going to mix it up a little bit. And it could be really interesting, too, because both of us sometimes when we talk like to use our hands. And uh, so We'll, we will see how this works, because there's only this much space right here, so we'll see how this, uh, how this goes. I'm looking forward to it. Uh-oh. I don't oh, know if that's go. me. I think it, it might be. One of us is full of power this morning. Well, it's not me. Okay, here we go. Maybe it is me. I think it might be. I think it's me, because every time I move, which is not good, because I am super passionate about what. Tell you what. We'll if you're out. Either that or it's the wire of mine. I think it's just the power of the Holy Spirit just coming and shorting everything out. You know, I've seen where that's happened before. All of a sudden. Lights would all go out in the building, and there's no reason for it other than, you know, Holy Spirit coming. We are off to a great start. That just means we got a lot of real good stuff coming. That means if she holds that in her right hand and she goes like this, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Okay. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. God, we are here for you. We want to see you on display. We want to see your beauty. We want to see your power. We want to see your glory on display. So God, I ask that you prepare our hearts for what it is that you have for us this morning. I ask that you just move us aside and just speak whatever your words are this morning, whatever your heart is this morning. Give us our eyes to see you moving and see what you're doing and see where you're working so that we can partner with you. Give us the boldness and the courage to partner with you. 
We want you to become greater. We want to, to everything that we do, just point to you and make you bigger, better, and more beautiful in all that we do. So come be with us this morning. Fill this room with your presence. If anyone is here that has never felt your presence before, help them to recognize it. Bring your tangible presence into this room. Holy Spirit, come. Amen. Okay, so over the last few weeks, we've been unpacking what it means to say yes to the Holy Spirit. First, we looked at how we're changed when we invite him in. We are a new creation under the new covenant. Next, we look at, looked at what it means to be available in our time, in our resources, and our energy. Then last week, we learned about <coughs> we learned about how to expectantly be ready, ready to share our story, our life ready to serve wherever needed, ready to suffer if that's what's called of us, if that's what it costs, and ready to stand our ground and ready to succeed. This week, we're closing out the series with an all-encompassing say yes to the Holy Spirit. We've looked at actionable steps we can take to say yes, but today we really want to dive into that yes. I'd like to start with reading from Isaiah 6 in verse 1. It was, in the year of, it was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. Two wings they covered their faces. They covered their faces because of his holiness, his greatness, and reverence of him. They had to shield their faces. With two, they covered their feet. That one I'm not sure on. Didn't study that one. And with two, they, they flew. As they flew, they were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then Isaiah said, it's all over. I'm doomed. For I am a sinful man, I have filthy lips, and I live among people with filthy lips. Yet I've seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs, he touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to these people? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. As I read through this, something that jumped out at me was the view that Isaiah had of himself when he was in the presence of holiness. 
in verse 5, it said, I'm doomed. I'm a sinful man, and I live among people with filthy lips. This is an old covenant view. And rightfully so, Isaiah lived under the old covenant. At this point, Jesus hadn't come. He was still just a promise that they were waiting to be fulfilled. So Isaiah had to have the angel take the burning coal and use it to purify him. But we aren't under the old covenant. Here in 2019, we're under the new covenant. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we come into agreement that our old selves died on that cross with Jesus, and we were raised with him on that third day. Under the new covenant, it's Jesus' blood that purifies us, that cleanses us, and that qualifies us to go. Allowing us the opportunity to respond to his calling and boldly say, here I am, Lord. Send me. And we can say this with boldness and confidence, knowing that it won't be by our own strength, but it's with his, because he doesn't ask us to use our own strength. When Jesus went to prepare a place for us, he didn't leave us on our own. He promised a helper, and that helper is the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 7 through 11, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. As Susie said, this helper that Jesus said would come, promised would come, is the Holy Spirit. And he comes to live inside every single believer. If you have given your life to Christ, you believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, you've trusted him, you're his, he lives inside of you. But he does more than just live inside of us. He also comes to empower us, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Uh, as we read through the New Testament, you don't get very far at all before, we, before you can uh, uh, encounter this phrase, baptism in the Holy Spirit, or baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's the, the same preposition either way. But this phrase of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. We see it uh, within the first three chapters of all four Gospels. Uh, uh, as John the Baptist uh, made the statement, he said, I baptize you with water, but there's one who comes after me. Speaking of Jesus, there's one who comes after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And we see it again as we start to read in the book of Acts. So we see it in, in all three, or excuse me, all four Gospels. We see it again in the book of Acts. After Jesus' resurrection from the dead, one time he was, he was sharing a meal after his resurrection. He was sharing a meal with his disciples, hanging out with them before he ascended into heaven. And he told them to wait, into, to wait in Jerusalem for the gift the Father had promised, 
which he had previously talked to him about that. Uh, about. And he said in Acts 1.5, he says, John baptized with water, but in a f- just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to think of something else Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. At the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus commissioned the disciples to go into all the world and make more disciples, right? Go into all the world, you know, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So Jesus commissions them there. And then in Acts chapter 1 here, he tells the disciples, first though... First, before you go anywhere, stay in Jerusalem until, until, until you receive this empowering that's going to come to you, this baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're looking at this morning. We're gonna, going to look at four things in particular about this baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to give an opportunity for anyone who would want to receive it. The first thing that is important for us to see is that this is something that was promised by the Father. This was promised by the Father. It's, it's important because it tells us this, this was God's idea. See, it was prophesied by the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2. Let's look at that. It's in your outline. It says, I will, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And that's what we see happening on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. 120 of the disciples were gathered in the upper room in Jerusalem waiting as, 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 uh, uh, as Jesus had told them to wait. And all of a sudden, there's a sound like a rushing mighty wind, and tongues of fire appeared on their heads, and, and, and just, the Holy Spirit just came in force and baptized the whole group. All 120 of them gathered in the upper room. And, and that's what Jesus had told them to wait for. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples, on men and women alike, in such a powerful way that then a crowd heard the commotion and a crowd gathered from all over town. It was quite a, uh, quite a sight, quite a strange sight. In fact, some even accused them of being drunk. Uh, even though it was like it was just nine in the morning, some said, ah, they're just drunk. And, and that. So Peter stood up and he addressed the crowd. He began to preach. And when he did... He identified what was happening as being the fulfillment of what Joel had prophesied in Joel chapter 2. He said, no, 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 nobody's drunk. This is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel all those years ago. This is that. The Father promised He would pour out a Spirit on all flesh, and that's exactly what's happening right here, right now. Peter specifically identifies what was taking place as what had been promised by the Father. So this baptism of the Holy Spirit was, first of all, promised by the Father. Secondly, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, second thing we need to see is that it brings with it power. It brings power. Jesus told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then he says in verse 8 of Acts 1, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
says, you're going to receive power. She says, okay, I want you guys to go out and make disciples. But first, wait in Jerusalem until you're empowered. The Holy Spirit's going to come. That which was promised by the Father, he's going to come and he's going to fall on you and he's going to empower you. Now, why did he say that? It's because they were going to need power to be able to go out into all the world and make disciples, right? That's what, we, that's what they would need power for, and that's what we need power for. Jesus just doesn't send us out on our own strength. He didn't just want us to, and, and, and he didn't want us just to have an experience where there's, you have this tremendous experience with the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, you're wonderful. That's great. Thank you so much. Wasn't that wonderful? And then go out and, and, and just nothing's changed. He sends the Holy Spirit to empower us for a purpose. To give us power to do the things that he's called us to do. The thing, the commission that he sent us out to fulfill. He never sends us out on our own strength. He never intended for us to do those things just by our own strength. He says, go into the world, but first wait till you're empowered. That empowering has come. It came to the early disciples, and now it comes to us. He said, once that empowering comes, then you're going to be able to go out into all the world and going to be able to go out and, and tell people about me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, anywhere. But they needed the power. They needed the power. For years, um, our family has, has taken a week in the summer, and we go to Ohio where uh, Lisa's family has a, a, a place on the lake there. And one time, a number of years ago, you know, my parents came out there with us. We, you know, our whole family was there, and mom and dad came out and, and so forth. And um, so we're all there at this lake. And one thing that I, I, I love about being out there is just because it's, 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 it's right on the water. I mean, you know, and just watching a storm come across the lake. You ever watch a storm come across the lake? I, I, I love that. I love that. The thunder, the lightning, the sheets of rain coming. As long as I'm inside watching it or on a covered porch, I'm cool with that. I like that, you know. And, well, this, this one year the storm came across, and uh, there were a number of large trees out on the, uh, in the, uh, the yard between the, the porch of the cabin and the, uh, uh, the lake. You know, trees about this big around, or some of them are like this big. And, and this one time the storm came across, and one of those trees went down. And as we, as, as we look at that, you know, my dad and I went out there afterwards, and like, man, we got to clean this thing up. And... Uh, uh, we need to get rid of this tree. So we went out there, and we had a bow saw, you know, and an axe. You know, an axe to trim off all the, the smaller branches, so then we can use the bow saw to cut the, uh, to, to cut the rest of the tree. And so we had a bow saw and an axe, and, and we're ready to get at it. And just then, the na this neighbor comes up. And he offered to bring his chainsaw over and cut up the tree for us. And boy, was I glad. I mean, no, I know how to use a bow saw. I know how to use an axe. And I'm smart enough not to trust myself with a chainsaw. Too many stories, too many friends that have had close, cause, close calls with like, you know, end up with the tear in their jeans and that. So... Um, yeah, I, so, but I was so glad when he came over. So he came over, he started up that chainsaw, he ch 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 chopped the thing, just got the thing cut up in no time. 
then all we had to do was uh, was stack it up out back. Um, I mean, the thing is, we could have struggled through with our bow saw on our axe, and we would have got the job done. We would, we would have got the tree, you know, cut up and put away. But why do that work in our own strength when we had the strength of a chainsaw available to us and somebody with the experience to know how to use it to avoid the, the dangers of it? Why, why, why do the work in our own strength when we had that power available? See, it's the same thing with the commission that God has given us to his church. We can go out on our own strength. And we can try to do his work on our own strength. We can try to make disciples on our own strength. But why? Why, when he gave us the power of the Holy Spirit, he's made us a power, his power available to us through this experience of being baptized in his Holy Spirit. Now, what kind of power? What kind of power are we talking about? There's all kinds of power in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For one thing, it's power to live the life that we were called to live. Too many Christians have settled for a defeated, powerless life. They, they, they try to do everything in their own strength, and the result is there's a constant sense of defeat, of feeling like they're victims, of a, a, a sense of purposelessness, a, a lack of joy, because they're tired and worn out all the time. Rather than living in the fullness and the purpose and joy that Jesus has for them, they're always anxious and depressed and despondent with little or no hope or joy, and they're just existing. Do they know Jesus? Yes. Do they love Jesus? Yes. Are they saved? Yes. But they're living in their own strength without relying on the power that is available through the Holy Spirit. Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit so we don't have to live like that. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to live the kind of life, to break the things that hold us, and to live the kind of life that he has called us to live. Now included in that power is the ability to minister in ways that are beyond our own ability through the gifts of the Spirit. And we, you can read about those at home in, in 1 Corinthians 12. We've talked about those before. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that today. That's not our focus. But just know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the ability to operate in those things and to move in those things, come with this baptism of the Holy Spirit. When we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we are empowered with His gifts for ministry. Now, one of the gifts that's available very controversial because people don't understand it, is this thing called the gift of tongues. Uh, and, and that is when we are speaking in a language that is not native to us that we do not know. And what that is, you know, God gives us that so that ever have time when you wanted to pray for something and you didn't know how to pray? It's like something's on your heart and, and, and your mind. It's like, I just don't know how to pray. He gives us the ability to pray in with this gift of tongues. And what it is, is the Holy Spirit praying through our spirit to the Father. And it's always in the perfect will of God. Always in the perfect will of the Father. So that's just one of the gifts. But there's so many other gifts. You know, the gifts of healing, gifts of, uh, of working of miracles, gifts of faith. The gift of faith is when your faith is strong and you just know something. I mean, you just know God's going to do something. You know that it's going to happen. There's no, you know, you, 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 
strange, strange thing to say, but you'd take money and bet on it in the bank, you know, put it in the bank and, and, and you know, but, but that's the gift of faith. But there are, are, are these gifts that he gives us and he empowers us with them when we need them. And uh, uh, every one of us can operate in a gift of healing when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. I can't heal anybody on my own. I can't just go up and make somebody well like Jesus did. But you know how Jesus did? He did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the same way that you and I, every single one of us can do that. We can heal people when the Holy Spirit comes on us and empowers us. Third thing about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and this is, this is awesome, and that, I, I love this, and that is it is a repeatable experience. It's repeatable. You know, sometimes people focus, focus so much on, on being baptized spirit. Well, have you got the baptism? Yes, I have. And, and, and it's like it's not a once and done thing. There's an initial empowering and release of spiritual gifts when we first have the experience of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's power for a purpose. And we see that ex- evidenced in the book of Acts when, we, when, when often that, uh, 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 that initial experience was accompanied by the gift of tongues. Another thing we see that comes with it is, is boldness that filled their lives. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was a game changer for the early disciples. And it's the same thing for us today. And it's a wonderful experience. But here's the thing that we need to see. After that initial experience, you know, I had that initial experience in 1978, just a short time after I gave my life to Christ. I was in my apartment. The Lord uh, 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 impressed on us to call one of the elders over the church over, and, and they, they prayed for us, and I've talked a little bit about that before, and, and it's a wonderful experience. But here's the thing we need to see. After that initial experience, it's not over. There are subsequent experiences of being filled with the Spirit that are available to us. Power is promised. And, and you know, I first happened in Pentecost. Disciples in the upper room. They're all upstairs, okay, 120 of them. Holy Spirit fell on them. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then I want you to look at, that was Acts chapter 2. I want you to look at this passage in Acts chapter 4 because this is just a short time later, just a short time after that. It's a different setting. You see, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter and John had heard a man, had healed a man who had been lame. He was out there begging. He said, hey, I don't have any money to give you, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. Stand up. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, you're, you're healed. And so he was healed. So they were rewarded by that, of course, by being thrown in jail and threatened. But then upon their release, they went to the other disciples. They told them all what happened. They prayed. And I want to look at what happened starting in verse 29. It says, as they were praying, they said, and now, O Lord, hear their threats. And give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then notice this. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all what? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. I want us to take note of something here. Many of those that were that, uh, uh, in this group in the end of Acts chapter 4, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, 
were the same people as we saw in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit was poured out. It's not a once and done thing. The Holy Spirit is poured out over and over and over. And being filled with the Spirit or baptized in the Spirit is an experience that we can have again and again and again. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out, He was poured out with the demonstration of power. Sometimes He comes in a quiet and gentle way. Yes, and that's wonderful. You sense this presence coming over you. And that's awesome. Sometimes He comes with a demonstration of power. We saw that in Acts chapter 2 with the wind, the noise, the, the, the tongues of fire. And in Acts chapter 4 when the whole place shook. Can you imagine if this whole place just shook because the Holy Spirit filled it like that? In both those instances, they were filled with the Spirit. They were empowered with boldness to speak the Word of God. And that's what they did. I'm thankful. I'm so grateful that it's not a once-and-done experience because I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again and again and again. Once is not enough. Once is wonderful, but I want it more. I want everything that God has for me. I need fresh outpourings if I'm going to continue to do what God wants me to do, and I don't want to do anything else but I can't do it on my own. None of us can do what He's given us to do on our own. So far we've seen this baptism of the Holy Spirit was promised by the Father, gives us power, and it's repeatable. There's one more thing we need to see. The fourth thing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and this is so important, is that it's for all believers. We've already referenced that the Father promised it to everyone in the Joel passage when he said sons and daughters, men and women alike. But let's look also in Acts 2, verses 38 and 39. Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises to you, to your children, and to those far away, and all who have been called by the Lord our God. We've included some additional reference, references, examples of being filled or baptized in the Spirit. You can see those on your um, outline, but now we'd like to allow for an opportunity for anyone who's here to have that, to have that experience now. Anyone Male, female, no age, gender, race, qualifications. Everyone, it's available for everyone. All are welcome, all are invited. Whether it's your first time, whether it's your hundredth time, if you would like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, then this invitation is for you. We'd like to pray for you, so I, I invite you to come up. Don't wait, don't hesitate, come on up. He's here to meet you. If you want to experience more joy in your life, I invite you to come up. If you need peace in your life, I invite you to come up right now. The fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Sometimes we look at these as action words. 
things that we need to do to have a better life. But in actuality, these are the product of living and walking in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Walking in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit produces this fruit. That's why they're referred to as the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. As we go through life continually inviting him to fill us fresh every day, the result of that will be that every day in our lives, sorry, I lost myself. The result will be that in every day of our lives we are finding joy, love, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control. We don't have to work hard for these things. We simply spend time with the Father and invite him to fill us afresh every day, and the result will be more joy in our daily lives, more peace in our daily lives. Patience is something that I struggle with. (laughs) No. I think anyone with, you know, yes. (laughs) My dad knows. I think anyone with little kids, I have a feeling, you know, patience... A lot of times you've got, your patience is being tried. And the thing is, what we need to do is not lash out in anger or frustration. But instead, just be like, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you in this moment. Because humanly, I want to respond this way. Part of my personality and my makeup, I am like way into justice. If I see an injustice, I want to see it righted. I want to see whoever did it apologize. And, I mean, I am, I, that's something I get passionate about. If I see a wrong Amen. done to someone or someone mistreated, you can already probably tell in my voice right now, I, I do not like it. So in my human flesh, I get angry and I get frustrated. But what I need to do in those moments is I need to say, God, you are a God of grace. And you love the person that did the injustice just as much as you love me right now. And then I start thinking about, wow, God, you are awesome. Because you always love us. Even when I mess up, you love me. So you still love this person. And I just start that conversation with him. And then it's when I'm in that conversation with him and I start thinking about him and talking to him, my view starts changing and it starts shifting. And I'm less angry and I'm more like, okay, God, what, 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 how can I respond to this? What can I do? Is there something that I can do to help? Is there a way that I can see this unjust, injustice happening? Is there a way that I can change it so that it doesn't happen again? And then we work it out with him, and through that, him empowering us, these peace and patience and love, that's what comes out of that. That's the fruit. We don't have to work at the fruits of the Spirit He produces it through our relationship with him. As we spend time with him and walk in his power, that fruit just comes. Um, Let's all stand.
We are going to pray, and what we're going to do is we're going to uh, just invite the Holy Spirit to come, and let's exercise some of that patience. Uh, if uh, you are a, uh, a current or uh, alumni of our school, uh, current student or alumni of our School of Kingdom Ministry, we want you to help us to pray. Uh, and as we begin to pray, the rest of you, uh, you are free to go if you want, uh, or you're free to stay and hang out. What we do ask is that if you're talking among yourselves, that that would go out there so uh, that doesn't interrupt what's what we're trying to do here. But we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to just come and uh, come and move and fill us. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We invite your presence. Come. I can already see that the Holy Spirit is resting on several right now. It's beginning to move. Come, Holy Spirit. 